Hello, and welcome to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny. We are here to give you our takes on all things TV. Today is another mishmash of pretty much everything we've been watching that we haven't talked about that isn't The Last of Us. So Jess, where do you want to start? Do you have any shows that are top of mind? A mishmash. I liked that. Thank you. I will start with Hello Tomorrow. It is a new show on Apple TV. I watched the first three episodes. I think the fourth one came out today. But it's a drama comedy. It's about a salesman who is selling timeshares and condos on the moon. It's supposedly a drama comedy. That's like how it's billed. I didn't find it funny. Like I don't actually think it's a comedy, but it is a half hour format. So it's like lumped into that group. But it's sort of like calling The Bear a comedy just because it's a half hour long. Mm. We've been doing that a lot lately. There are so many more shows that are serious in nature but are a half hour. What was that? I think maybe we could just start saying it's okay for dramas to be 30 minutes long. Yeah, we're, we've passed the time where, you know, half hour was the comedy slot on cable. What was that show? Was it Blackbird? The like really serious one that was also a half hour? Uh, No, that one was hour long episodes. There was some like procedural. Oh, maybe it was Steve Carell. Am I talking about the same exact show? The one where he no. was a therapist. You're ta- oh, you're talking about the patient. The patient. The patient was, yeah, yeah. Okay. Was that good, me- sort of good memory. I was good, like, mm, good mediocre memory. memory. Yeah. Um, the patient was, yeah, again, not a comedy, but 30 minutes long. Hmm. Yeah, it's sort of starting to change that that's acceptable, but it hasn't changed yet that people still refer to it as a comedy and they'll say like, oh, it's a dark comedy. And it's just so dark that you never laugh. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it might not be funny. Yeah, Hello Tomorrow is not really funny. I'd say it's a drama that has sort of, I don't know, it's described as a retro futuristic setting. So basically, like obviously they can go to the moon. So it's futuristic, but it's set in the 50s. Like everything is 50s, the clothes, hmm. the hair, the architecture, etc. And it's really cool to look at. Like the production design is incredible. They did a really, really good job of setting it in the 50s and then interspersing these like cool little Jetsons style elements. But that's like all I've liked about it really so far. I thought the pilot was strong. I thought the subsequent two episodes were not really good at all. Just sort of blah. Didn't really introduce anything new. I think if I were, if I had less time to watch TV, I'd probably be writing this one off. I don't know that I'd go back to it. Hmm. I, I'll wait to see what you say, like if if the subsequent episodes get any better. Because yeah, I mean, I saw some of I saw some just like stills from it and thought that it looked interesting and maybe wanted to check it out. I like you said it's Apple TV, right? Yeah, I generally like most things that they put out these days. But you know, I always say that too. But then if you think about it, they've made some particularly bad shows. Or at least, uh, I should say, shows that I have particularly not liked. Like what? Last year, they put out Roar, which I thought was pretty tragically bad, and Loot, which I thought was also pretty terrible. Oh, yeah. I have a selective memory for the things that I glanced over and decided weren't for me. And then I'm like, no, no, no. Apple yeah. makes only good <laughs> TV Well, it's funny because a lot of people have that impression. Like I, People say that all the time. Oh, Apple TV never misses. And I'm like, in fact, <laughs> they have missed. People but just have a blind spot. for <laughs> They do. And also because like Ted Lasso and Severance and Bad Sisters and Blackbird, like they have so many really, really, really yeah. good ones that people look over the ones that like didn't get as popular because they just weren't very good, which is fine. I'm still happy to say like Apple TV is 
good network or whatever, but they're not putting out like a hundred percent wins. I mean, Dear Edward dropped last week. Mm, who watched that? And not also, I. I heard it was not very good. I didn't watch it either. Mm. So yeah, this one might end up the way of some of the others that I just mentioned. I really doubt it's going to end up being anywhere near like the, my love for Bad Sisters or Severance, like that level. Yeah. Uh, but it could end up being like fine. That's like okay. as high of my hopes for the show as they could get right now. Bummer. But yeah, yeah. okay, fair enough. Yeah. Anything else on your roster? Oh, I also watched Red Rose. These are the two, yeah. So for people who read our newsletter, which everyone should, these are the two that I put in this week's newsletter. Red Rose is, it's a Netflix original, but it's like, it's not really, it's a, it's called a Netflix original in the US, but it came out on BBC Three last summer. So I love when they show. do that. <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't really understand how that works, to be quite honest, but that's how, yeah, people in the US and Canada and like Australia, I think, like we got it as a Netflix original. Hmm. It's a horror series, supposedly. About a group of teens who download an app and it starts to like control their lives. And it's not that scary. And it was pretty dumb in some spots. And I got really mad that I was watching it after like the second episode. But I figured if I was going to review it, I should watch more. So then I watched the whole season, which was <laughs> quite the undertaking. It was only eight episodes, but like I was mad about it. However, it got like fairly okay around episode five. <laughs> which was good because I was worried I was going to really suffer for eight full hours. Episodes five through eight were much improved over the first four episodes. They actually started to introduce like real tension and some scary elements. Interesting. That were missing in the first four. But I would never recommend a show that you had to watch four hours of before it got like remotely good. So n- not good. What about Parks and Rec? Oh, I knew you were going to do that. I immediately also thought of all the sitcoms that I like that you have to skip their first few seasons. But I think it's like – I guess it's different if it's a couple episodes. You have to watch the first few episodes to get – like it's a serialized show. So you have to – you have to know what was going on in the first four to like care about the last four. Whereas a sitcom – like I always tell people to start Parks and Rec at season three. And like they'll be fine. They haven't missed anything that's going to keep them from liking it starting with season three because it's episodic. So – yeah, fair I enough. think that's really the difference. Like, I don't think I've ever told people like, oh, just jump into this drama two seasons in and it'll be fine. Yeah, the maybe you should just start Lost just like five episodes in. That makes sense. That would be good. Like, yeah, not not quite right. And so, yeah, that one was not great. How similar – it sounds very similar to Pretty Little Liars, but if Pretty Little Liars, you know, existed a few years later. It's like a similar – A lot of people compared the tone – at least on the internet that I okay. saw, they were like, oh, because it's teens and it's like not scary, but it's like supposed to be scary. <laughs> Got it. But I thought Pretty Little Liars was still better at creating tension. Like, yeah, it's not scary. It's not a horror show when you're a 28-year-old adult watching Pretty Little Liars. You're not like, I'm so terrified. Like, it's a little cheesy. But there were still reasons you could understand why the characters were scared. Whereas in Red Rose, for the first four episodes, I literally was like, why is anyone scared? Just delete the app. Mm. Like they did not make it scary in any feasible way. It was so illogical. I just, I don't know. Some people liked it. I detested it, truly. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think this is going to be one that I pick up. Uh, No, I would be so shocked if you watch this for many reasons. (laughs) I mean, you're not like going run into the scary shows in the first place. No, that's true. Although 
I don't know the one. So one of the shows that I reviewed in our newsletter, which another plug for it, um, we write better than we speak, I would say. (laughs) Well, you get to edit yourself when you write. I did review a show that's moderately scary, um, Carnival Row, which I I don't know if I completely erased it from my memory. It's been three years since the first season came out. Um, But I, I swear I just like forgot that it existed at all. Uh, the second season just started up again, I want to say like five days ago, last week sometime. Anyway, Carnival Row on Amazon Prime stars Cara Delevingne and Orlando Bloom, two people I just like, again, forgot existed a little bit. And also that I would never have assumed we're going to be in the same TV show, like maybe movie, but um, it's like a neo-noir fantasy mystery crime drama but set in like i said a fantasy world where they're like fairy exist and fawn like other magical creatures with humans but in this universe the there has been a big war and the magical creatures are persecuted and um basically like refugees in among the humans um and so when crimes happen to these you know refugee magical creatures most of the humans don't care but one detective Orlando Bloom himself is like wanting to see this, you know, murder investigation through to the end. Um, So that's the premise is there's all of this like world building backstory of the fantasy uh, setup. And then this detective who's trying to solve murder with other like random backstories. And so it's, it's like a, a lot in the premise. It feels a lot like a fantasy book, but it is in fact, it was written, I think to be actually a movie and then, got scrapped and then repurposed as a TV show. Is it giving like Akatar Crescent City or is it a different um, vibe? It's giving a little bit Crescent City. A little bit. It's darker than that. It's like, um, do you ever read Midnight Riot or like Rivers mm-hmm. of London? Okay. Nope. Well, I'm trying to think of a similar – it's like grungy, almost like um, that TV show about Batman but like early on. I think it was called Gotham City. (laughs) This show? Carnival Row, it's okay. It's not my favorite of the fantasy series that I've seen. I feel an obligation to watch most fantasy things. Um, Because like, I don't know, I love fantasy books. Cara Delevingne, it's just like, it's kind of heavy handed. I think the acting and the the lessons that they have, or like the the ties that they're drawing between like, this is like our world today. Like, wow, refugees have it. Ba- like, very specific things that you can tell that they're paralleling. Um, but it's it's like very on the nose. And that I don't love. But I wish this were books. Because I think if it, I think if this series were made into books, there would be way more of the story that I'm interested in, rather than the sort of surface level story that they have to follow because it's TV show. And that's what makes sense. So like, I don't know, mid-tier. I've I've only seen I haven't actually seen any episodes of the new season because when I remembered it existed last week, I binged the first season <laughs> and then wrote about it in our newsletter. So maybe I'll have a different take when I watch the first couple episodes of the new one. Um I think I gave it a C plus. Do you like it more or less than Shadow and Bone? I'm gonna say same. Okay, the same. I, I'm using that as my bar for if I'd be interested in it or not because I did not like Shadow and Bone, 
I think you would like this more based on what I know about what you didn't like about Shadow and Bone. Because I feel like you thought Shadow and Bone was too messy in terms of what stories they were following. And while this has a lot going on, the main story is this like Orlando Bloom character. Cara Delevingne, I guess I haven't really described what what's going on there. There is some backstory with the two of them, but they it mainly follows the same people and like this murder mystery. So you might like it. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm probably not going to watch it, but it is thank like, you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> the the effects are also like a little – you have to sort of suspend your display. It's definitely not the level of spending that Amazon put into, say, Rings of Power, you know? like Yeah, I still never watched that. Yeah. I feel like I watch – there's enough TV that I watch and feel like I need to watch to review that when you watch a show and review it that I have no interest in watching and you don't then say wow it was so good you have to watch it I'm like it's not gonna end up on my list that's okay yeah that seems it can't all be winners no well if I amend my my rating I'll let you know um I mean and hey who knows you might have a craving for something fantasy and just like there's nothing else around I'll just keep reading Crescent City (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna take me the rest of the year anyways yeah, the other show that I reviewed for this um, this week's newsletter is very different in tone and <laughs> storyline. It's I Hate Susie and then the second season, which is actually only three episodes, I Hate Susie 2, um, which is very good, but I say that with a lot of caveats or notes. This series stars Billy Piper as Susie Pickles, the you know title character, who is a former teenage pop star, child actress, uh, who has then sort of morphed her career into the other acting gigs as she's gotten older, but nothing compared to her teenage stardom, um, who in episode one, her phone is hacked and several nudes of hers are leaked, compromising in many ways, like as nudes are, but (laughs) compromising also in that it is clear that the nudes that are leaked are not with her husband, She's got a husband and a kid. And so the whole setup is like one, she's been, she's the, the brunt of this like horrible hacking, but also she's struggling to keep her family together and also (laughs) struggling to kind of like remain famous and in the public's favor. Um, And if you are okay with being really uncomfortable for the sake of good art, (laughs) I feel like that is something that you need to be okay with going into watching this series. It's like the writing, the acting, the production is all spectacular, but it definitely, it's like, you've got to be ready to cringe and feel anxious and feel uncomfortable, Um, which is not like always what I want in a show. Yeah. I feel so conflicted because I want people, I'm like, I'm very glad this show exists. I want people to watch it, but I totally understand wanting to, you know, not. (laughs) Yeah, it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell. It's like – it is though – I think I said in the newsletter, it's basically an ode to our society's fascination with just like public figures being roasted on the internet, public breakdowns. I think when they were writing this – I think – I don't think I mentioned who – so it's – um, Billy Piper and Lucy Preppel, who have worked together on other projects before. I think the effect and Secret Life of Secret Life of a Call Girl, both are were projects that they worked on together. Um, but anyway, I 
I read an article that said that they they were thinking about like your Britney Spears, your Amy Winehouse, like those public breakdowns that everyone just followed and sort of jeered at these women who went through terrible life events. And then the entire world was just sort of like speculating about them. And um, that was what they were had in mind when they were writing this, this series. So it's super interesting. It's like, it's funny in a very dark way. Um, and if you're the kind of person who finds public breakdowns, the topic of interest, like I feel like this is kind of a must watch. Yeah. It's not, it's not supposed to be like fun per se. It is very good. <laughs> yeah. There's a time so, and place for that. Yeah. If you're feeling particularly artsy and like introspect, I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't need a comfort show. You're like, okay, with something that will make you think and make yeah. you uncomfortable. If you're ready to expand <laughs> your thoughts about, about celebrity. I feel like I want to want to watch it. And yet it's not how it's not coming. The fe- I, emotion's not there. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I hear that. After I started, I feel like I watched the first episode and then I was like, oh, is this enough? Can I just watch this and then give my review? <laughs> but. It's good to know that it's good, though. I actually had been wondering about it because I like Billy Piper. Yeah, she's she's in, she's like truly a powerhouse in this. She's always a good actress, but yeah, very visceral. You know, I don't know what else to say. It's yeah. so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's very cringy. She portrays it well. Shall we move on from that one? Yeah. If you do want to watch it, if this does sound like something up your alley, it's on HBO Max. It was originally another – it was a Sky production, which is a British channel, I believe. Uh, And HBO Max got both seasons. So head on over there. But yeah, let's talk about some stuff that we both watched because I've been interested in hearing your thoughts on some of these shows. First one, I guess, Yeah, it's always fun when we both watch the same thing. Yeah, Extraordinary was one that you reviewed Mm -hmm. in the newsletter like a month ago. Yeah. And I wasn't probably going to watch it based on – I think you also talked about it in a podcast maybe a few weeks ago. I wasn't like super compelled to watch it, but for whatever reason, it grabbed Matt's interest and I'd like heard you talk about it and I was like, yeah, we can start it. And I liked it. I don't know if I would have watched the whole thing if it hadn't been a show that Matt deemed acceptable because like I've said before, we just like need something to watch like during dinner or whatever. And I don't know why he liked this one so much, but we watched the whole season. I finished last night. It was good. It was cute. I think sometimes British slash Irish, I think this one might have been Irish, like humor. It's like a little much for me. I don't know how else to explain that other than like, I don't know if it makes me uncomfortable or just like doesn't land sometimes with me or a mixture of both. What what about like, are you talking about, I feel like there are a lot of more subtle, awkward jokes. There are fewer, I don't know if there are fewer bits in, especially I'm talking specifically about um, this show, not like all British comedies in general. I think it's the awkward humor that like, just I don't like feeling awkward or just awkwardness in general. I don't even know if it's like related to the humor. Like I feel like British and Irish shows are just like more comfortable leaning into like awkwardness and like not everyone's like pretty and glossy and like life isn't perfect. And it's good for them because I guess it's more realistic that way. But like, I don't know if I'm going to watch TV. I kind of want everything to be like, oh, wow, that person said that and I never would have been smart enough to say that. But like what a great line of dialogue versus like, oh, that person reacted probably exactly has 
I would in that situation. And it was awkward. (laughs) It surprises me then. Like, I feel like you're like the office is a prime example of awkward comedy or which come, I guess comes from a British comedy or parks and rec even, which is less awkward than the office, but still has those, you know, people are making sometimes fools of themselves. Mm, Yeah. I don't, so I don't know what the difference is. I guess it's not purely the awkward thing. Just like something about it. I had this thought when I was watching Dairy Girls and then again when I was watching Extraordinary and they're both Irish shows. So I was like, okay, I think it must be an Irish thing (laughs) (laughs) or it's just these two shows and I'm just drawing a much – I'm just stereotyping. Oh, that makes me so much sadder to hear you say it about Dairy Girls than Extraordinary. I think Dairy Girls is a much better show than Extraordinary. I like Extraordinary. Oh, I agree. No, no, no. I I still agree. I think Dairy Girls is like – is quality – is a good show. Okay. I think to come back to Extraordinary, though, I think Extraordinary was good and cute. Like you said, I think we t- when we talked about it, you were like, it's mm-hmm. fine. It's cute. And I agree. I agree with your assessment. It's it was light. a nice little light watch that I, I would recommend to somebody if they just like had already watched all the comedies that I like more than this and needed something to watch. Yeah. I can't tell if it's going to turn into a little bit more of like a good place. Not in not in an afterlife kind of way, but in a like there's a bigger meaning and it's going to be profound yeah. and also a little walk, wacky and cute and wonky like is what I was trying to say through story. Yeah, because right something now that connects. Right, because her like the underlying thing right now is um, we haven't really said what this is about, but in the world that extraordinary is set in, when you turn eighteen, I believe you get a power. It's like a random power. Some people can fly or like talk to the dead or be really strong, whatever. You don't know what it's going to be. And the main character is 25 and has still not received her power. And that's very rare. Like that is the exception in this universe, which leads to a lot of like fun gimmicky things with the powers just being part of the everyday world. Um, People using some weird super like in a in another series that would be the point like the cool powers would be the point but in this series it's this girl who just wants to be like everybody else yeah it's it's an ensemble comedy i think and it just like happens to have powers but then as an ensemble comedy it's not amazing and as a like serialized drama about powers which to be fair it's not and really isn't trying to be but like if it were I think that might be more interesting, but again, that's not what this is. Like, I think I I either want more of the powers and that, like, drama and plotline, or I want it to be funnier. And I think it is trying to be funny, and I think, yeah, maybe it's just, like, not quite landing with me. I don't love any of the characters, and I feel like you sort of need that in a comedy. I actually sort of hate Jen. Like, I think Jen's a terrible person. and I think that's... Kind that's of fine. Point. That's the point. But like, yeah. then I don't particularly like Carrie, and then I don't particularly like Jizz Lord. He's the funniest one for sure, though. <laughs> and then Cash is also just terrible. Sort of lame. So I don't know if it's an uh, ensemble comedy. It's not a great one. It felt to me like, um, like the person who created this, whose name I can't remember right now, Emma. I can't remember. I I'm so sorry. Know. So sorry to this girl. Um, but Phoebe Waller Bridge. The the show that I always mention, Crashing, I say always, but I just feel like it comes up often. That one season comedy um, about a group of 20-somethings living in like a repurposed hospital, it has that vibe. That's also an ensemble comedy. It's just that this version is 
like slightly less good because it wasn't written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge and has powers. That's my take because there are characters in that show as well who are just kind of unlikable. And yet because they're part of the main cast, you kind of want to root for them. And there's this arc that they're going through, but it's it's like long and slow for the ones that you don't like. So I don't know if you've seen Crashing and you wouldn't mind that with like a little bit of extra power spice. Extraordinary might be might be your vibe. Um, what? <laughs> I'm gonna make a joke about how the thing you just did looked like the man like sprinkling salt that they made of me. A out visual of. bit in a podcast, but, but nobody can nobody can see. So that's fine. I will probably watch season two. Did you see that it got renewed? I did, yeah. Yeah, but I probably will too. Just as like a filler, time filler sort of, I don't know. Like I'm I not going to wait like, until oh my gosh, so put it good. in my calendar. I can't wait for this to come back. Like that's not my feeling, but I it's will gonna still watch so it. It's going to get so good and you're going to be like, my new favorite show is extraordinary. I hope it does. <laughs> I mean, I always think about that, like we said earlier, with like Parks and Rec or The Office. Like if we were sitting here right now in 2010 – talking about the first season of the Parks and Rec, we'd be like, it was fine. Like, really not great. (laughs) So you never know. All those shows mostly don't get the chance to do that anymore because they get canceled after like one or two seasons. So that's a whole nother topic for another day. True. What else? What else? I want to get to Dairy Girls, but before we do that, you (laughs) also watched Animal Control, right? I did. I watched the the first episode. episode. Yeah. The second episode, I think, came out comes out tonight on Fox and then but not the until tomorrow time. on Hulu. Um yeah, Animal Control real quick for the people who don't know, it's a new comedy on Fox. It's a workplace comedy set in Seattle's Animal Control Department and it stars Joel McHale of Community Fame. Um also has Vela Lovell who I only know from Mr. Mayor. I liked her and Mr. Mayor. So happy to see that she's back in something. Um, and Animal Control was written by, written and created by Bob Fisher, who is also one of the writers of Wedding Crashers and Where the Millers, which are two genuinely very funny movies. <laughs> and I liked the first episode of Animal Control. I did too. Way more than I was, ex- the first five minutes, had, like I was very skeptical. Oh, yes. And then, yeah, and then I watched the whole thing and kind of wish that a second episode were already out. I agree. I went in skeptical, I think, because I don't know why, actually. It just – I don't know. I didn't need another, like, gimmicky, bit-heavy – I feel like when I'm – sitcoms these days, I'm holding them sort of to Abbott Elementary – level a little bit but like why couldn't this have been that like why did we both go in so skeptically because the the clips that were shown i I don't know i'm just thinking of yeah they didn't look great no that's fair the part that i'm thinking of specifically is the um the ostrich moment where yeah particularly not that funny and yet that was in like all the trailers yeah, and yeah, Joel McHale's character basically sets up his new partner for failure by putting a beef stick in his pocket, and he then gets chased around by these ostriches. And it's not very funny, and it drags on for too long. And so it's like that kind of thing where I'm like, I don't, I didn't love that bit. Everything else, though? Yeah, I could have done without like the poop 
song joke, but I, I'm never the audience for poop jokes. They mm. don't land with me. I'm, I wish they didn't exist. I, I know other people, cute. other people feel differently. <laughs> I know. I just like I'm, that the whole office sang it along. Like they've, they've heard it so many times. It was, the, I understood the joke. <laughs> I no, no. Did not, I, I did not like the joke. But yeah, I got, I got why it could be funny to other people. I think I also just like, I don't see Joel McHale as anyone except Jeff Winger from Community. And I like community, but like almost in spite of Jeff Winger, <laughs> like he's he's the least likable character, but he is a good comedic foil to the other characters. To be fair, just, Frank is not that different to oh, that he's character. The same. He is Jeff Winger. I yeah. mean, in a lot of ways so far. I don't, it's only been one episode, but yeah, it's the same like snarky, sort of cynical. Yeah. So – I mean, maybe it'll go the way of community and he'll be there and everyone else will be funny and he'll just be mm. like they play off him. We'll see. But yeah, it's funny to think it could end up being like a really good show that I like a lot because I I mean, I like workplace sitcoms in yeah. general, certainly not as a rule, but like many of my favorite sitcoms, Parks and Rec, The Office, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, all jump to mind. Like, yeah, workplace comedies that are excellent. Yeah. Honestly – this sort of has Brooklyn Nine-Nine vibes a little bit just from this first episode and because that could also be because it's like sort of like a – it's a precinct. I don't know if they yeah. call it that in the animal world, but I mean it's the same sort of – you know, they get called out. Not that for people but animals. Yeah. that No, that's a really good comparison because I – part of the reason that I thought I would not like Brooklyn Nine-Nine as much is – that over-the-topness that Andy Samberg sometimes has. I was like, I don't know if I want that in a sitcom just like for 30 minutes at a time. And I feel like that is what I thought this show was also going to be, like the over-the-top bits just the whole time. Um, but you don't like that? But you do like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I thought Brooklyn Nine-Nine was going to be way more of that. And to be fair, it is like some, but it's also Oh, charming. like going into it. No, I also had that fear. Like yeah. I didn't start Brooklyn Nine-Nine right when it came out because I was like, Andy Samberg might be too much. Yeah, agree. Yeah, but I do – yeah, I think this has a very similar tone. Um, yeah, I'm excited. excited it's going. so funny. I just like, really did not expect this to be good. I'm like – yeah, like genuinely like I think I think this might be really good. So yeah. I know I kept checking this week. I was like, wait, when does the second episode come out? Because I would like to watch it now, please. Yeah, I'm already invested. They did a really good job about setting up the like classic romance in the workplace that you know the two characters that you're trying to be rooting for. And a couple of the other friendships that you just like know are going to be good to develop. Yeah, they did. They 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 did well. <laughs> yeah, they planted the seeds well. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into it. This is what you really <laughs> want to talk about. It's funny because I feel like we haven't really talked about it at all. No, I actually you particularly this did me. not tell you that I started watching Dairy Girls. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to surprise her in a podcast episode. Mm -hmm. And then I forgot to mention it on our last <laughs> like check-in episode. So then I felt like I had to text you about it because it had gone on too long and I had thoughts that I needed to say. Mm -hmm. But yeah, surprise. I started watching <laughs> Dairy Girls. And finished the first season, you said? Or have yeah, you already started the, the first second? season. I'm like two or three episodes into – honestly, I might be four episodes into season two. I just finished the one where they're like going to a concert mm -hmm. and there's like a polar bear on the loose. Anyway, the pilot episode like didn't really do it for me. And everybody talks about how they like loved this pilot episode and like immediately loved the show. 
And I was skeptical. If I had just watched that episode and nobody had ever told me that they loved that show, I don't think I would have kept watching. Can you remind me, is that the one where the um, the nun dies? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you very much did not like this pilot episode, but you don't even know what it was. <laughs> well, I mean, in a show like this where it's like um, episodic, like, I don't know. It was just one of the little stories. Um, yeah, so Sister Declan dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like in detention uh, and the, the nun dies. And it's funny i guess it's i feel like i didn't really like any of the characters at all and well and to be fair none of them are particularly likable at any point and that's sort of the point i guess they're all flawed but i don't know i don't think i didn't think it was bad i just was like it didn't really make me laugh and i don't really like any of the people you are wrong (laughs) No, I I do feel like I am one of the people who saw that first episode and I was like, oh, I'm in. Yeah, for sure. It seems just, like a lot of people feel like that. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, I loved I loved how immediately you were in the – like in the – I don't know what I'm saying. I was going to say in the tone, but that's not a thing people say about – you just like from the start – you know that it's set in the troubles. You know that it's a, like a trying time for the Irish people. And yet you also know that it's coming from the point of the view of this self-centered, selfish girl who's really like using the troubles as a backdrop for her angsty teenage life. And the entire show is like about an angsty teenage life that just happens to be set during a difficult time in history. And I don't, I just like really loved that juxtaposition a lot. And also all of the jokes that, I feel like the one that stands out when she dies is when all of the adults are acting like this was such a shock that this 98 year old That was funny. I probably did laugh at that. Yeah. And Aaron was like, how old do you think she was? Like, She's like, we don't think there's a any other reason that the 97 year old could have died. Yeah. That's fair. I probably did laugh at that. Yes. I guess I just, I didn't love the characters and maybe that's what was like sticking with me. It wasn't until a few episodes in that I started to get like soft spots for them because they all just seemed sort of like dumb and reckless, which is like not what I wanted, I guess, in, in, I wanted someone to like, and they're generally all not likable. <laughs> I think Orla's likable. Orla, in that episode, I was just like, why is this person so <laughs> kooky? But now I'm like, I love my little kooky Orla. Yeah. I really, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the show grew on me a lot like by episode five it did it took me a few episodes i would say episode Mm. four or five of season one is where i was like okay i like this now and before that i was just sort of like watching it so that we could talk about it and then by the last episode of the first season i was like i do like this show and also i'm mad that there are only six episodes in this season that's the shortest season of a comedy i've ever seen and i'm still irritated by it before we talk about that, just before yeah. I forget, the last scene of the first episode, and also for people listening to this who haven't seen this before, none of this really gives anything away. It's a comedy, so it's not like there's no spoilers. Um, but I'll just say the last scene where they like really juxtaposed the like girls having fun with the like a bombing that's happened and the troubles was really well done. I thought the way they like executed that was just excellent. It almost made me wish they had more moments like that throughout though. Because that was mm. the first time that I felt like it was like very 
obvious and maybe they're going for more subtle and maybe that's the point but I think they are I think they're choosing their those moments with care because I mean it is it's present throughout in the first episode they have to take a different route around because like the bridge has been bombed you know so it's very like they're making light of certain things like oh my god I can't believe I'm gonna have to go around how am I gonna get there like it's that's the issue rather than this bridge was just bombed um it's a and tone like soldiers, thing. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like they make yeah. it funny until they don't. And this was, I feel like, the first moment in the first season where they were like trying to make you feel sad the way they like, I don't know, the way that that scene's shot where they're like listening to the news and you can tell that all the adults are like shaken by it. Like, it, yeah, it made you feel that way versus in the other scenes. I think you just sort of were like, oh, this is a setup for a joke. It's it's a really well made show i could never argue with someone that this the show isn't good i just like i struggled to get into it a little bit but again not to bring up parks and rec for the third time like <laughs> sometimes that happens with really good comedies and that's okay you just like don't understand the characters yet and i truly did not understand these characters yet yeah do you think you will watch it again you had mentioned i mean it's short i would so what there's three seasons is that right and i'm like halfway yep. through the second season mm-hmm I don't feel in this moment like it's the sort of show that will be introduced into my rotation of rewatched comedies, but I could see rewatching it if I were like showing it to someone else. Like if Matt was interested in watching it, like I would rewatch it. Um, but otherwise, no, I don't think so. Because you had mentioned, you had said, I think if I were rewatching the first season, I would like it a lot better the second time around, which I think is definitely true. Well, that's just um, like, yeah, I know the – like, once you know the characters, once you like them or know them – I mean, even – I'm going to hate myself listening to this back. Even seasons one and two of Parks and Rec, like, I appreciate more <laughs> now knowing sure. the characters. Although they definitely changed some of them. Anyways, this is not about Parks and Rec. I think you get who they are more the more you watch it. And so then, like, the first few episodes of Dairy Girls where I didn't really get them yet and I just sort of thought they were, like – a little annoying. Like, I think I would appreciate them more. So, yeah, uh, maybe I'll rewatch it, but I got to get through the. F- I have a season and a half to go. So, we'll see. First things first. Well, yeah. Who do you like now? I feel like you said you didn't like anyone when it started, but now you're halfway through the second season. Who's your. Well, I like them all now. Like, the way <laughs> that you like sitcom characters, even if, like, in real life, you wouldn't like them at all. Claire's a pain in the ass, but she's, like, funny the way she's a pain in the ass. Michelle's. Mm-hmm psychotic but that's it's hilarious like how unhinged she is yep Erin yeah I like that it's like from her perspective because I think she is sort of like the most basic high schooler of all of them in terms of like what she cares about and like she's just very like egocentric like everything revolves around like her little world and but I like her I don't know I find her like a little relatable sometimes and then Orla's just a just Nutto. so so weird bizarre yeah. and that's i mean she's like sort of the classic comic relief i think a lot of the time because of how mm-hmm. bizarre she is like what she just like ba- like decides she's not gonna wear socks one day I like she just hates that. socks i can't even remember i can't remember what the setup was for it but it was like everybody else was like swearing off actual things that were like troublesome to them and she was like yeah i've always hated socks while you were saying that just wanted to make a special shout out to I think is is it Colum the uncle who is just oh, like is he so the uncle? boring he's the everyone, boring. <laughs> everyone I thought he was just like a family out. friend he's that is like another classic joke it's funny mm-hmm. how the way they've written that is I'm just like how did they even come up with dialogue this boring 
Although it reminds me of people I know in real life. So mm-hmm. yeah, that is funny about it. Oh, the way that the dad hates the yeah. father, the way that the grandfather, Aaron's grandfather hates her dad is so funny. Like I know it's happening. <laughs> I know it's going to come and it's not that clever once you've heard it like 10 times and yet it still makes me laugh It's good that. every time. Yeah. No, totally agree. Yeah. I love – this feels like cheap to say, but it's also a lot of the jokes and the bits to me are made better because the Northern Irish accent is so – specific and strong like the way that they will enunciate certain parts of of sentences and words just like hits the joke even harder um i did when i was watching some of these episodes with carter i did have to put on the subtitles because he was like what (laughs) oh i always use subtitles especially when there's accents present i would probably have no idea what they were saying there's pretty pretty strong accents Sometimes they, yeah, sure. they say words that I have no idea what they're saying. Actually, there have been entire, like, I swear, like a minute of dialogue that I've just been like, in if I wasn't really <laughs> like reading the subtitles and using context clues, I would have no idea what they just said. I, yeah, I wish I had writ- like written down. There was like three sentences in a row where I was like, almost none of those words are words that I use. Like I could sort of figure out like what they were slang for, but it was just like hardcore, hardcore Irish slang crack i still don't know what that means well it's like fun i figured that out in context okay. but like <laughs> i like i wouldn't know how to use it like i sort of know what they're saying now when they say it but like if you just told me to like use it in a sentence mm-hmm. are we having crack yet like that's not right <laughs> i'm pretty sure i was very party down of you <laughs> maybe that's why like in my head i've been watching that too the last thing that i will say about this because i am i want to talk to you about it more once like you're even further like at the end of the second season I feel like I need to do another check-in um because I love too much about this show to talk about it before you're even more invested but the sister who I I wish I remembered her name oh Aaron's um, aunt she's funny no 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 like the nun the one who's just sister Michael sister Michael yeah is my favorite character oh she is funny actually I love that they wrote that character like that or that even that they wrote that character into the story because it's like what the viewer would be feeling in that moment. I mean, if you're an adult yep. viewer like we are. And I love that. I love that it puts into, I don't know, view, like how I'm feeling watching them. Yeah, especially the no-nonsense parts of just like, have you gone – this isn't the first season, right? The They are trying to get out of a, um, an exam and they pretend that they've seen a statue of Mary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the like priest comes in and they're all really enamored with the priest. She like hates the priest. What is wrong with you? (laughs) She's like rolling her eyes at him because he is a dumbass. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Hates the priest. Hates the the student, Jenny, the like wealthy student who's kind of the worst. That's what I mean. Like she just like really reflects your feelings back. And I'm so glad it's that instead of like an uptight non-character like that. They just really nailed the comedy there. Yeah. Anyhow, the, yeah, we'll, we'll check back in once you're, once okay. you're further along. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> yeah, I got to get back okay. to it. I got sidetracked by The Outer Banks season three today. Sorry. That makes me sad. You're upset about that. <laughs> what even is The Outer Banks about? Can we just like take a quick pause? So in The Outer Banks, there's this group of teens. There's the Pogues and the Kooks, and the Pogues are the poor kids. Oh my god, I'll stop so you right now. I'll say it like that. And the kooks are the rich kids. I think that's how that works. Anyways, it's a treasure hunt show and there's always new treasure. Like they like sort of find one treasure in one season and then the next season there's new treasure to find. And then in this season it seems like there's 
another new treasure to find. So it's kind of like, like National Treasure meets Gossip Girl, maybe. No, like okay. real, like it's like like a treasure map, treasure hunt, like hardcore treasure finding. All in the Outer Banks every time? Mm, no. You'll have to watch to find that one out, Jenny. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know if I will, but that's all right. <laughs> it's pretty silly. I would never claim that it's a good show. I think but it's it is my a like fun watch. It's my like soapy, ridiculous little comfort show. Yeah. Or I don't know. It's not a comfort show. It's just like nice to have in the background. Or like just yeah. like easy, easy watching. You know how yeah. it be. Oh, I do. I'm well versed in the easy watching soapy shows for sure. I don't know. I think we've talked about <laughs> much TV at this point um, and probably can hold off until next week. But in the meantime, for me. I'll talk to you about The Last of Us on Monday. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 